Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We are well into the year 2020, and I got to tell you today, I am really excited because uh, I have a third time guest, and there's not very many people who I bring back on this show twice, but uh, every now and then I have to bring this guy back because if you know me from the podcaster world, or you ever hear, if you've ever asked me, how did you ever start your podcast? I always refer to Michael O'Neill, the host of the Solopreneur Hour. I always refer to him as the godfather of cool things entrepreneurs do because he was one of two or three podcasts that I listened to regularly before I started my show five and a half years ago, or a little, little less than five and a half years ago, but still coming up on that. And uh, when I went to start it, I reached out to him and he was very, very helpful. He uh, he gave me tips. He told me what equipment I needed. He was just a really kind guy who helped me out and get this thing started. And so I always say I couldn't have done it if it wasn't for Michael O'Neill. He was guest number seven when I first launched the show. And then about a year and a half later, he was guest number 170. So he was here in 2014 and 2016. And so it's been a while. So Michael O'Neill, welcome back to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Well, first of all, you made me sound far more altruistic than uh, you were paying me for that advice. <laughs> so, I, yeah, so a, li- a little bit, was, yes, but you went beyond. You that. went beyond the call of duty. I paid you like um, you know a dollar ninety five and a chicken dinner, and you helped me out a lot. <laughs> all right, well, I'll take that. Um, thank you for having me on the show, and and let's see. Um, I've never I've never had anybody kiss the ring, so I do appreciate. The Godfather well, reference. I have no problem pandering to the guy who helped uh, me start the podcast because the podcast <laughs> has turned out to be an important part of my business. I, I didn't know it five years ago, but uh, it's actually been a, been a real piece of this. So I, I have to give kudos to, uh, to where it's due. So thank you for being here. And today I want to talk because you've become kind of a, a little bit of a, of a YouTube guy now. I'm an I'm a, a online content guy is what I like. I, I don't really care where the, um, where the doorway is, but it, it, it all, it all points to the, you know, the same spot. And one thing I happen to like right now about YouTube is that it's hackable. You know, uh, we were talking the other day. Um, that's not true. We were talking a second ago about, <laughs> about, you know, just the different ways that we make money. Because everyone always asks, right? Well, how do you make money with a podcast? Or how do you make money with YouTube? Or how do you make money? It's all the same. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Can I tell you right now 10 ways that people can make money 
yeah. from their little digital marketing world. Yes. So in fact, I love the, content right up front. Give us 10 the ways. First, yeah, we'll get into talking, but this <laughs> I think is everything's going to, uh, everything we're going to talk about is it, going to hedge on this, this topic there, this piece, which is, the first thing you do, the, the how people make money and have always made money is first you got to bring an audience to a thing. There's something that people are interested in. So the, the current iteration of that is using digital content of some sort. So we have these quote unquote influencers, but we have these Instagrammers that have, <laughs> that have hundreds of thousands of followers, or you've got somebody on YouTube that has a following or you've got, and it doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands. It could be, a couple thousand that are laser targeted towards a specific subject. So you've got Instagram, you've got YouTube, you've got podcasting, you've got blogging, you've got social media, you know, live streams and things like that. You've got authors. So somehow a bunch of people have organized in a way that they consume content. And that's, that's a, so now we have an audience. What do we do with them? Well, we can do a number of things. There are people, there are people that own companies that want to be near an audience like that. So they advertise on your podcast. I might do a live ad read on my show or even on the YouTube channel for company A because they want to be around the people that are consuming that, that content. So advertising is the, the first and it's way, the way most people think that we make most of our money. But in my case, it's probably 15% of how I make money. Oh yeah, I make it's, very little, very little money. I have one sponsor, they don't pay very much, but they're actually my production company and I've sent them so many people. They cut me a deal and said, we're gonna be your sponsor. And uh, so, you know, I, I make money because I'm paying less money. But the reality is, is that I make my money for my podcast in lots of different ways than that. Yeah. And so that that's the one where most people can sort of... Um, uh, they get it. Oh, okay, I get it. So yeah, okay, blah, blah, blah. And I say, hey, welcome to the blah, blah, blah. And this episode is brought to you by Blair. And those Blair, they pay me whatever, a grand a month or two grand a month or whatever it is. So that, that's advertising. Number two, and a large bulk of how I made money in 2019 that kind of came out of nowhere, if I'm being honest, is affiliate marketing. Hmm, interesting. Affiliate marketing is the process of if I recommend a movie to you and then you go to AMC theaters and you buy a ticket, I get a couple of bucks from your purchase. That's effectively what affiliate marketing is. And it can be hardware or software. So if I say, you know, I love the zoom H six recorder on a video and somebody watches that video on YouTube and then says, well, I want that recorder. Now I've seen this video. I trust this guy and I'm going to go buy it. And I give him a link to go buy that recorder from Amazon. And he goes and buys it from Amazon. I make it, I might get like 20 bucks from it. So it's in my best interest to make a video that a bunch of people watch so that <laughs> that's 20 bucks adds up to, let's say 240 bucks a month, which in and of itself isn't much, but now I've got a hundred videos that have a bunch of different gear that people are buying a few of every month. So now that 240, what if it's multiplied by 10? Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden it's 2,400 bucks a month. And that we're starting to get some real, that's going to pay rent in most cities in America. You know, not, not in like, San Diego where you live, but in most it, places. It 
barely pays would barely pay my rent in San Diego, but um, I've got a great deal. So imagine if with, with what we call mailbox money, your rent's being paid every month. If you think about how uh, rich dad, poor dad defined wealth, the, the, the word wealth. So when you ask most people, what is it, what does it mean to be wealthy? They'll say, oh, you need to have $5 million in the bank. That's not how Robert Kiyosaki defined wealth. How he defined wealth is a time. It's a length of, <laughs> excuse me, it's a length of time. How often, or oh, excuse me, how can you, um, uh, why am I blanking on this phrase? Uh, how long can you take off work and still maintain your current lifestyle where your bills are being paid? So if your bills, so if you've got $5,000 in the bank and your bills are $2,500 a month, you are wealthy for two months. That's what that means. So how long can you stop working and maintain your current lifestyle? So if you work out all your bills for the month and let's say your bills are five grand and you've got your one, you know, your set of YouTube videos that are paying $2,400 per that, for that month. And you've got you know, a podcast that's bringing in another $1,200 of affiliate sales. So now we're at like 3,600 bucks. You're only $1,400 away from being what he would consider wealthy. Meaning like, could you just stop working altogether and all of these videos and these podcasts and these online properties are making you money every single month. And that's a pretty cool day. That, that day that you can switch that switch and all of your bills are being auto-paid and it's all online business doing it. So you can just go and mess around with your car or, you know, learn how to be a cat juggler or whatever you want to do. Uh, that's a pretty cool day. Mm -hmm. So affiliate marketing is number two. Number three is coaching and consulting. The easiest, that is the easiest of all these, you monetize your brain. So you've, you've been trained at doing a thing. You've got an audience that trusts you and they want to learn that thing that you know how to do. In our case, it's entrepreneurship. We both have shows that are geared towards being an entrepreneur, looking at opportunities, seeing how to take advantage of those opportunities, making businesses out of them. Those are things that people want to know that, that you and I know how to do. So we've made a show around it. So if somebody says, I want to learn how to do this, I can give them multiple options of how I can teach them how to do that. It could be uh, a mastermind. It could be private coaching. It could be a course that I, that I sell to somebody, but effectively that me, it could be me going into their company doing a skill that I already know how to do. If I was a great Excel spreadsheets expert and I didn't like working at a company because I didn't like the commute. I wasn't being paid enough. The person in the cubicle next to me didn't smell very good. Like whatever the reason is, it's very rarely the work that people don't like. You know, we went to school for years. We were trained to do a thing. If you still enjoy the actual process of doing the thing, but you kind of hate the rest of it, those are the kind of the people that you can go in and say, hey, look, just go be a consultant now. Just go do that thing for other companies, but don't work for anybody. Um, and that's monetizing your brain. There are also the number four is live events with an upsell. So if you have a thing you want to teach somebody, you have an event, maybe the event is free or it's 99 bucks to go to the event. You teach them, you have a great day of learning. Then at the end of the day, you sell them into your, you know, mastermind or coaching program or something like that. Again, all of those things happen from having an audience. 
Uh, number five, one you know very well, is speaking gigs. <laughs> you've now you've now been uh, accepted as an expert in a space, and companies and conferences hire you to go speak at their events and give value to the people that are attending the event. Um, number six is product endorsements. This to me is the next level up from affiliate marketing. So instead of you know, having a link to the product, that company will pay you, hey, I'll give you five grand if you feature this product in a video. You know, I have friends on YouTube that like Hyundai, the car company, you know, paid them $65,000 for three 11-minute videos for their new Santa Fe. Wow. You know, that's real. That gets into some real money, you know? And then they have Disney and CVS and you know, huge or Walgreens rather waiting in the wings, paying them $75,000, $100,000 to make these videos, but they've got almost 3 million followers on YouTube and their videos get at least a half a million views. So that is very, very valuable right now in this, you know, our current, uh, our current space. Number seven, and one I think people don't take advantage of enough is media passes. When you start a podcast, you guess what? You're in the media now. If you're a, a regular vlogger on YouTube, guess what? You're in the media now. And the, the, the way you know you're in the media is because when you say words into this microphone and it gets broadcast to the world and the people that are listening to that broadcast make life decisions based on what you said, meaning they're going to go buy a ticket to a conference they're going to buy a piece of gear. They're going to have a conversation with one of their loved ones. They're going to walk into their boss and say, I quit. Those are like major life decisions that if you influence them, and I've certainly been influenced by any number of those for years and years and years now, you're a broadcaster. You are in the media. That is a responsibility now that you have to take on. But along with that responsibility comes some perks. You can get tickets to, you know, just about any event you can think of as long as you cover it on your podcast. So that may not be like a way to necessarily monetize, but it certainly saves you thousands and thousands of dollars at events. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been able to attend a couple of things because I've featured them on the show and I interviewed their people. And so, you know, we talked about promoting the event. And so they gave me a ticket to the event because they were on the show talking about the event. So absolutely. I've been to the Super Bowl for crying out loud. It's like, who would who have thunk that podcasting would have gotten me to the Super Bowl? Um, uh, swag. You know, one of the reasons I started my beginner audio file podcast was just because I wanted a bunch of awesome free gear. So I have all these great speakers and, and headphones and all this great gear at my house because I was into it. It was a hobby I had. So let me start a show around this hobby and, you know, uh, reap the rewards of having a, a hobby like that. Um, number nine is your own <laughs> products. So this is creating courses and things like that for people to take. Um, you know, you might have a, a course or a how-to guide, like in your case, you know, how to become a public speaker. You could easily do that. It's an area that people are, do you already have that course? Does that exist already? Uh, I do not, but okay. uh, there's a couple but reasons if, for that. But yes, I understand what you're saying. But, but if you did, yes, people would buy it. And finally, uh, you could write a book. You know, you do a podcast or a YouTube channel. You can literally have those 
those words you say transcribed, fire them off to a writer that can take the transcription and, and tweak it into a uh, comprehensible book. And you could literally write a book from just having a podcast or a YouTube channel that you can then put on Amazon. You can use to get on other people's shows. You can establish authority in a space. It's a whole thing, which can then lead to other opportunities to monetize. So those are sort of 10 ways you can take internet traffic of some sort and audience and monetize them. So one of the things that I've seen you do, so first of all, I met you because you had the podcast, but you've gone into these other areas as well. You haven't abandoned the podcast. In fact, I think you have three of them, but uh, you definitely have of recently figured out some tweaks around YouTube. And this interested me because I haven't done much around YouTube, but I've seen a lot of people try and a lot of people get nowhere. Uh, and yet you've got some, you've shown me some pictures of the graphs of your, your traffic over the last few months. You figured out a way to uh, get more eyeballs to your, some of your YouTube videos. And so I would like to talk about that a little bit because I think that's of interest, whether you're in this space that we live in or if you're just a company and you've got some videos out there, you know, about your industry, how do you get people to watch them? First of all, the, the that sort of mountain graph you saw um, where it, it was sort of flatlined and all of a sudden it took off like a, you know, it's at a 60 degree angle in terms of views and subscribers. Yes. It's not a few months old. It's a few days old. Interesting. It's literally, I started, I think December, December 4th or 5th, uh, 2019. We were recording this on what? December 17th. So it's been 10 ish, 10, 11 days. And the, it's hilarious how much impact it's had on my whole channel. So if I'm looking right now, I'm looking at, I'm, as I'm describing this, I'm actually looking at my watch time. Uh, watch time is important because when you have a YouTube channel and you want to monetize or you want YouTube to start taking you seriously, you need to have 4,000 hours of watch time in one 365 day span. Okay. 4,000 hours. So I am, when I look at my watch time, again, just from the, this is from the last 28 days, four weeks. And that's, we're, we're talking about like every day, this number goes up so substantially because my numbers are so much higher now than they were. I've done 110,217 minutes of watch time in the last 28 days. 110,000. Now, 64,000 of that, really 65,000, has been in the last seven days. And the other remaining 30,000-ish, if not more, were the three days after that. So if, I, if, if this were like a 10-day span instead of, um, you know, seven or 28, I probably have 105 out of the 110,000 would be in the last 10 days. And 110,217, if I do my calculator correctly here, so 1110217 divided by 60 is 1,836 hours of watch time in the last 28 days. And really, as this thing resolves, um, it will be, 
I don't know. I bet. I bet you we get to thirty three hundred hours um, of watch time in the twenty eight days by the time it's all said and done. Now I struggle with getting enough watch time over the course of eighteen months. Over a year, right? Yeah. And most of this is gonna. Most of this has come from the last ten to twelve days. So like, you did. You've done something in the last couple of weeks. What have I you did done? something in the last couple of weeks? But I wanted people to get just an understanding of how radical the shift is in in subscribers in views and watch time what we all hope for is we hope for one of our videos to get swept up in the youtube algorithm that's the goal we want to get ranked for one of our videos well how do we do that first and foremost the most important thing to think about when you're recording any really any content but certainly for youtube is you got to create um, you don't create in a vacuum. You research by using keywords before you record the video. So YouTube is pretty interesting is in that you've got, it reminds me of like how SEO on the internet was a few years ago, where like if you had the right title, if you had the right amount of words in the description, and then the, you know, the keyword was in the title, was also in the description you, you know, in YouTube's case, you want to have a good thumbnail. But in here's something I didn't know until I watched a great video by Brian Dean was YouTube also listens to your video. It's certainly at least the first 10 or 12 seconds or 30 seconds of the video. So if you were saying something like, um, what's the best podcast gear for 2020, right? So I'm, I'm going to go back and look using a tool I'll talk about in a second at the keywords and say, all right, what are people asking for? I know podcasting really well. So what are people that are interested in podcasting? What are they searching for? So I might type in the word podcast. In fact, I can do this while I'm chatting with you guys. So I might chat, I might look up the word podcast and say, what are, for people that are interested in podcasting, what else are they searching for? Like, what, where's the meat on the bone here? So if I type in the word podcast, I get a number of different searches that come up. And if I look by overall score, um, I've got Kill Tony, which is a podcast from my, my friend, Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, we've got Bill Burr that's in there. But when I start getting into the things that really matter... It is, let's see, podcast, podcast, podcast. We've got Joe Rogan, of course. We've got, all right, so I'm not seeing anything. Okay, so here's what I'll look for. If I look for how to podcast, now I've got a whole different set of uh, terms that I can start targeting. So one of them is the Rodecaster Pro, and that is a, a device that looks like a mixer that you set up on your desk. Um, it's got a good search volume. It's got a very low competition. Um, the Zoom H6, which I literally just did a video on because I just did this search the other day. So in that case, there's a piece of gear called a Zoom H6. And I might, and I see that in this set of keywords, there's Zoom H6 and there's also podcast setup. So those two phrases are really, really searched and popular on YouTube. So I might create a video, which I may or may not have just done, <laughs> that says something like, why the Zoom H6 is the best recorder for your podcast setup. So I'm using both of those keywords 
right? In the title. And and you're using them up front, right. I will then use them in the description. I will then use them as I introduce the video. Hi, I'm Michael O'Neill, and I'm going to show you on this video why the Zoom H6 is the best gear for your podcast setup, right? So now YouTube loves me. They go, ooh, this is cool. And I've got keywords in the uh, actual audio. I've got keywords in the description. I've got keywords in the title. I'll make a cool thumbnail for it. I'll record the video. What then happens is because, and this is the hope, this, uh, this hasn't happened yet as of now. But the hope is that YouTube says, hey, you know what? This guy's got ranked videos about podcasting. He's got six mistakes not to make when you start a podcast. And he's got the best gear for podcasting. I'm going to give him a little bit of zhuzh because I'm YouTube. And this guy's an authority on podcasting. And I want this video to do well. That's what you hope. That's the goal of doing keyword research ahead of time. So with any luck... A whole bunch of people watch my little video on this topic, right? And it starts getting into the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100,000 views category. Well, what's cool about this is within the video and within the description and the first comment, I will have Amazon links to the Zoom H6 as well as the Shure SM58 microphones that I recommend in the video. So when people view the video and they go, hey, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about via podcasting, uh, I'm going to listen to what he said. I'm going to buy this Zoom. I'm going to buy these microphones. Click the links, click the links. I get 20 bucks per, you know, uh, Zoom H6. And I don't know what I get for the shore, maybe six, six bucks a piece or something. But I want that video to, to cruise and be, you know, ranked. Now, what's crazy about this, Tom, Sometimes it doesn't happen for months. That video can sit there dormant (laughs) for four or five months at a time. And then for whatever reason, and this is what happened to both of my videos that got ranked, is that YouTube just said, hey, I'm I'm taking this one and running with it. So a video that had my, um, my six mistakes, not, you know, not, not to make for your podcast after like three months, Literally had probably, I think it had 676 views on it total. By the end of month four, it had over 10,000. Interesting. So it just, it just got boom and it just flew, which was super cool. So I've noticed Um, that because this year I've done some work in 2000, last year, I guess, 2019 on just making my website for my, my speaking business be able to rank for certain keywords. So I've written a lot of blog posts and done some podcasts specifically doing a lot of the things that you're saying. And it is interesting because some of them, I take all the same steps and they never rank. So they're not showing up on the top page or several pages. And then other ones, I'll do everything the same way and boom, they'll move up to the top. But like you said, I've had a few that like six months old, all of a sudden they become number four for that keyword. And it's like, where the hell has it been? And they start running, which right. is so cool. Yeah. So on my, I have a, one of my little hobbies are vintage Porsches. And I'm trying to build a brand around that hobby. I want to hang around with a bunch of car nerds and talk car stuff. And I'm in the process of restoring uh, another 69 911 that I'm doing on my um, wrench, which is R-E-N-N-C-H uh, YouTube channel. And so... Dude, I've been plugging away at this 
for a couple years now, uh, really. Uh, but 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 uh, let's see how many videos I have on this thing. I've got, I don't know, not I mean not a crazy amount of videos yet. I have uh, what is that? Six, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty. I have twenty-three videos on this channel over the course of really about a year. Let's put it about a year. Um, 1,700 subscribers. I mean, just scratching and clawing for subscribers to this, even though I know that when people watch the videos, they actually purchase. Um, I have a five-part series on how to install an air conditioning system into a vintage Porsche. I've sold over, what did he say, 20 of those? They're five grand a piece. Hmm. That's $100,000 going into that vendor, none of which I received, by the way, but he did give me a free air conditioning system worth five grand. But, you know, like there's some real, and the, the top video in there has uh, 5,000 views. So not a crazy amount of views, but here's what happened. I'm plugging away, dude. I'm scratching and clawing to try to get, you know, this channel to get more than, you know, at, 2000. I was excited to get 2000 subscribers. Could I do that? I was at 1700 in like October or something. So there's a guy that posts a video right around Thanksgiving 2019. Rescuing, what was it? Uh, saving a vintage Porsche Targa from the scrapyard. Right? This guy has no channel, by the way. He's got like five or six videos on it. Saving a Porsche 911 Targa from the scrapyard. Out of the gates. 274,000 views and he instantly gets 20,000 subscribers. I'm like, son of a, I mean, <laughs> after, after two years and you're 1700 subscribers, who is this guy? Yeah. What did he do? This guy comes in with crappy video quality, <laughs> he, but he just, what, for whatever reason, YouTube just said, go get him tiger. And he, they just made him run. I said, son of a. And so I have one video on my channel that as of like mid-November 2019 had about 16,000 views on it. And it, the, the keyword said impossible Porsche restoration. It was actually the story of my, my gray 911 that I restored from, from a rotting car in a field. You which, know? Is, which is a beautiful car, by the way. It's a beautiful car now. It took four years and 2,000 hours. And the, the title was... Porsche DIY restoration, abandoned Porsche 1969-911 restoration by a newbie. And that video of all my other videos got a little bit of love. It got a little bit of love. So when I start this new build, I had this thing that said the Porsche blasphemy build, you know, vintage 911, blah, blah, blah. They were all getting a couple hundred or a hundred views at a time. You know, not a lot. Well, I see this guy with his, you know, saving a whatever from the scrapyard. And I said, you know what? What word is working really well for my people? And it was the word abandoned. So I said, let me just go back. And I retweaked five titles of all of my, my, this new build I'm doing. Now, instead of saying, uh, you know, whatever it was before, I don't even remember what it was before. Now it says converting abandoned vintage Porsche 911 race car into a street car and abandoned vintage Porsche 911, abandoned classic 911, replacing abandoned vintage Porsche 911. And now all of those videos are running. Interesting. And the other one 
because this is how it works. Now that YouTube sees that, oh, this guy's like into abandoned vintage Porsches. People, for whatever reason, love like abandoned, rescued, barn find, things like that. Now that video that had 17,000 views in, you know, two weeks ago has 31,000 views. Wow. It's the one that's running. And it's the reason why all of these other videos are getting love. It's why I'm getting subscribers. I'm getting, but that's what you do on YouTube is you keep tweaking and you look to see what's working and you tweak and you go, Ooh, okay. So now I'm going to make another video and it's going to be, you know, um, very similar. I might take part two of my Porsche restoration and be like saving, you know, saving a vintage Porsche from the scrapyard, you know, part two kind of thing. And see if YouTube lets that video latch on to this other guy's video and starts making the channel run even faster. So does that make sense? It does. And I want to I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper for somebody yeah. who has a business and they've got a few videos up there. Right. YouTube hasn't been part of their strategy, per se. They're certainly not what we'd call a YouTuber. Um, yeah. And they want to go and they're like, OK, I have a couple of good videos and maybe they only have 30 videos. But they haven't thought through keywords and they haven't thought through titles. What do they need to do? You can, without saying the title in the, you know, the actual text, um, it depends. Put it this way. If, you ha if your channel has like zero traction, meaning you have less than 100 subscribers, you can do whatever you want. You're brand new, effectively. You just start over and you could literally make another video with the same content, but do it right and you'll probably get more traction on it out of the gates. So the first thing I would do is buy a piece of software called VidIQ. And if I, if I can give my little affiliate link, I would be happy to. Please. Um, it's solohour.com, S-O-L-O-H-O-U-R.com uh, slash V-I-D-I-Q. V as in Victor. Gotcha. Uh, D as in dog. So solohour.com slash VidIQ. I think I pay 50 bucks a month for it. It is, you connect it to your YouTube channel and it, it's amazing what it does. It shows you the skeleton of everybody's video. So what you would do, let's give me an industry and I'll, and I'll uh, help. Key, keynote speaking. Keynote speaking. So, so let's speaker. say maybe how to become a speaker. Uh, that would be. No, I'm thinking more like uh, uh, someone is seeking a keynote speaker. Seeking a keynote speaker. Let's see. Because you'd, you'd want to be the keynote speaker. Right. So if people are seeking them, so... How to find okay. a keynote speaker or, or finding a keynote no, speaker. No, 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 no. You don't want them to... You want to be the... Right. You want to be the keynote right. speaker, that's not right. the people that keynote teach speaker, people right. how to find keynote that, speakers. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Right. Okay. So what you're going to do is then to be hired as the keynote speaker, you need to be shown as an expert keynote speaker because people are going to be looking for keynote speaking or keynote speaker, right? Yes. So you want, you want to, if you're going to hire a keynote speaker, you want the person that's teaching other people how to be a keynote speaker. You want to be, you want to get the best in the, you know, the, you want to be the best in the land right here. So um, if I look for, let's say keynote speaking on YouTube, this guy has, so what I do is I search first of first and foremost, um, of course, Pat Flynn comes up first. Thanks, Pat. 
Mr. Mr. Ranker. He always comes up first. Yeah, he's good at this. Um, Dog dog food purchase, Pat Flynn. Exactly. Keynote speaking. So I typed in keynote speaking. I get a bunch of videos. The first thing I do, I do this on YouTube. On YouTube, I search for the phrase keynote speaking. Now, vidIQ tells me, because it can go through the bones of uh, keywords, it says the highest views, um, 3.1 million. The average views are... 466,000 um, top creators, a guy named Victor Antonio. And he's the guy apparently here that is how to prepare for a keynote speech. I see right here that he has a lot of different videos about teaching people how to keynote speak. Do you know who that is, Victor Antonio? I, I do not, but I've written his name okay. down. Okay. So what you do is you search for your keyword on YouTube. Then uh, using the filter, you sort by top views. So you want the people that have the most views on this. So this second one is better and faster innovation keynote speaker, Jeremy Gucci, Gucci top speech on innovation that has 11 million views. Innovation keynote speaker, Jeremy Baugh top speech. So this guy gave a speech at a conference and then recorded the speech, put it on YouTube and now that is the second ranked video after Obama uh, on keynote speaking, right? And he does it. He's all over this thing. This guy, Jeremy, G-U-T-S-C-H-E, has one, two, three. He's got a lot of videos ranked right here on top. So he's, he's crushing it. Um, but let's go back down. Let's find a, oh, it's Paul Harvey keynote. So what these are, these are all great keynotes that people have given that they've now recorded and stuck on YouTube. Okay. Which is awesome. Um, I want to, I want to see if there's any that are, uh, and this is where vidIQ comes in. If I go to vidIQ and I look again for keynote speaking, keynote speaking. Now it shows me that the overall score is not awesome. Leadership keynote speaker, public speaking. Now, public speaking gets a little more love. So, if I look at public speaking, yeah, well, now we're, now we're here. Now we're on fire. We've got, this is interesting, digital storytelling comes up as a very, this, this is a perfect example of something that you might not know uh, is being searched for, but vidIQ just found it. So it's actually the second re- second related keyword to public speaking, but it's ranked really high. It doesn't get a crazy amount of search volume, uh, about 6,000 per month, but the competition is so low that if you, Tom, were to write, um, you know, uh, how to become a master at digital storytelling from a, a keynote speaker, from from, you know, let's see, Become an expert at digital storytelling from master keynote speaker. Like that could be the title of your video. And you do a crank little, a quick little video on that. You could, you would rank for that on YouTube. Interesting. Right out of the gates. Interesting. Um, corporate training is pretty good. Uh, let's see. Let me look by search volume and see what the top search volumes are. Jordan Peterson, motivation, TED Talks, uh, motivational speech, motivational video, uh, throwing up. That's pretty funny. Um, not all these are uh, related. Relevant, yeah. Right. 
Uh, Business Insider, The Secret is there. Entrepreneur is right in there. It's good. Entrepreneur gets 100. Weirdly, entrepreneur is still a very rich keyword to make videos for. It's not perfect, but it gets 160,000 per month and has a pretty low competition. So you can rank for that pretty easily. Uh, Inspirational speeches, inspiration, leadership, communication skills. Ooh, communication skills is pretty good. That's not a bad one. So presentation uh, skills, how to speak confidently. All of these are literally could be video titles on that one channel that you could rank for. So as people are searching this, you're looking at like how to speak confidently does 83,000 views a month. Presentation skills does 84,000 a month. Uh, Online business communication each to about 89,000. Public speaking does 94. So like imagine you have a whole channel that is speaking to all of these different topics. Now these could be 10 minute videos that you're speaking on, but you're doing it with intention. And I think that's maybe the lesson is there's everything is intentional. When you, when you talk about uh, YouTube, you do research ahead of time, you research your topic, then you do a video on that topic. You get it up there. That content is evergreen and it just opens door after door after door over time. And if you're lucky enough to get one of those videos ranked, it makes your entire channel blow up. Hmm. So you then become the authority on public speaking, keynote speaking, inspirational speaking on YouTube. And once you're there, anything anybody searches for, you're going to be one of the top people that pops up. And if that doesn't lead to gigs like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, then I don't know what will. Well, and the other thing is, is that you're talking about searches on YouTube. The other thing is, is because... Uh, uh, Google owns YouTube. When you search, this is something people don't think of very often, is when you search for any term, up at the top on Google is always a whole list of YouTube channels. So they take these searches on there and they, they double, they, you double down because you're getting shown across the, the, the Google universe as well if you're ranking for those terms on YouTube. You are, yeah. You get ranked really high. A lot of times, like when you look at, the, when you search for something on YouTube now, it'll give you like one or two terms. Then the next thing you see is four or five videos right across your screen and then more terms. Right. Correct. So YouTube really, or so Google really takes the YouTube and it's like a, a, a gigantic amount easier to rank for a YouTube video than it is right out of the gates on the first page of Google. Right. And the other thing I found is, is that if you blog about the same topic and then embed your YouTube video into your blog and link it back to YouTube and YouTube is linking to your blog, uh, that gives you more Google love as well. That is some SEAL Team 6 marketing strategy right there, Tom. That is the, that is the, the shiz right there. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That is what you do. You absolutely do what he just said, and it, it pays off in huge dividends. So if someone's listening to this, and we've been a little bit all over the map, but that's kind of the way it is when I talk to you. Uh, Welcome if, to my brain. Exactly. That's what I like about your brain is you never know where <laughs> it's going to go. Let's boil this down. Let's give a couple of tips to some of my show. You know, it's, it's geared towards these small entrepreneurs. Uh, if someone's listening and, that, and they're thinking, yeah, I've got to do something like this. What are, what are the two or three things they can do today to get started? You can get a plugin called Keywords Everywhere, which plugs into Chrome and Firefox. Uh, it used to be free. It's paid now, but it's super cheap. 
And that will give you the sort of beginner's guide to uh, search volume. So if, if you type something into Google or YouTube, like any word, it starts showing you how many people per month are searching for that word and what the, uh, what is it, CPM? The, or cost per click, rather, right. is on that word. So if you're not I, I in use the a SEO tool, world. I use a tool called SEM Rush that does the same thing. So, but it, it connects your browser? Uh, I go in through SEM Rush and put in the, the keywords. It doesn't connect to my browser directly. But so uh, this is this is live. This is like what's <laughs> oh, this is what's kind of cool about it is that it just automatically connects to Google hmm. and to YouTube. So just anytime you search for anything, it shows you the volume that that thing's been searched. So the, the tip number one is that everything is intentional, meaning you will if you're going to create content. Do it based on research. Don't do it just based because you want to crank out a piece of content. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. If you can find how a relevant search term connects to your business, then make the content around that. That's super important. Um, in fact, I haven't looked at the stats yet, but I did a show yesterday that said how I increased my, um, I think, YouTube views by 999%. I imagine that podcast is going to crank. That thing's going to be awesome. And I went through a lot of the strategy we just talked about today. So, Number one is that um, uh, keywords everywhere have something to measure, whether it's vid IQ or it's keywords everywhere, have something to measure what your audience is searching for. And number two, everything is intentional. Everything is intentional. So make sure that when you create the content, you do it with a purpose. And then number three, um, crank, make the content. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the best lighting or the best camera or the best audio or whatever, but just get it out. You can literally get a little tripod for your iPhone, hit record, blast that thing up onto YouTube. Um, oh, the other thing is uh, my buddy Tom Martin has a, uh, a piece of software called, uh, a course rather called Vid Pro. And he actually shows you how to use VidIQ and how to do the research process so that you can rank your videos. So that's something else to kind of use. So this is maybe a little more sort of software based than I usually am, but, but it, it's the strategy along with the software that makes this thing work to me. Well, and one of the things you said is just start doing it. You get better. It's like this podcast. We are, you know, well over, you know, 520 episodes and mm. it's better than episode seven. We could go back and listen to the episode with Michael O'Neill in 2014 and it's probably yes. a bit painful. So, uh, you know, you get better by doing it over time. Same thing with my speaking career. Someone told me when I started, you're not good till you've given 300 paid speeches. And I was like, oh, never, that's ridiculous. And now that I'm up, you know, over 800, it's like, oh yeah, 300 was like this demarcation line where suddenly I was pretty confident on the stage. Same thing is true, I think, and I haven't dived into this pool. Same thing is true with doing the videos is you've got to get out there and get the street cred. And the more you do, well, the other example is I started doing stand-up comedy a year and a half ago mm. and I've done 85 open mic nights in a year and a half. And wow. I recently went back to the club in New York City, the comedy club where I did my first one in 2017. And I was with the, with the guy who took me, the comic who I know who took me. And so before I went, I thought I should listen to what I did a year and a half ago when I was with him because I was kind of proud that I'd gotten better. And I thought, I don't want to tell the same jokes. And I listened and it was, I always said, oh, I did pretty good. It was horrible, 
But the nah. only reason it was horrible was because I've come so far doing so many of them. So your advice about just start making the videos. Yeah. You'll get better as you do them. You'll get better as you do them. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> so, Michael, as we as we launch into 2020 here, uh, what's new on your horizon? Well, I am working on, you know, you and I both, you do a lot more speaking than I do, but um, I'm going to be definitely doing some more MC gigs, definitely doing more speaking gigs on uh, this concept that we don't have time to get into now, but I've got this new sort of binge worthy concept that I'm working on right now, which is a kind of a be everywhere, you know, YouTube, podcasting, medium, blog, like all these different things in one, one spot. So I'm working on that. I'm continuing to, to keep cranking on this YouTube channel. You know, I, I'm hoping to get, uh, you know, 10,000, you know, subscribers on both my YouTube channels this year. And I'm hoping to, you know, um, I, I'm really hoping to do what I just said, which is to have my, my whole financial life completely automated via these videos and maybe, you know, reduce the amount of coaching I'm doing, although I really love it, but would be nice to have all the mailbox money coming in and covering everything. And then just say, I want to go do this speaking gig, or I want to go do this just because I want to, instead of because I need to. Sure. Sure. So, you know? well, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. It's been fun to, to have known you over the last, I guess, six years now and to have seen all that you've done. One of the things I like about you is you're always trying new things, which has become my motto the last couple of years. And you're always tweaking and trying. And that's why I think you've had so much success. And so you're you're sort of a poster child for what I believe in. And that is, if you're not trying something new, you're not going to get new results. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're, you're 100% on that. I changed up the title of my keynote. I've been speaking for the last couple of years on this gap that exists between potential and performance. And one of the 10 tips that were sort of was sort of embedded low in this keynote was try new things. And it's the one that always related with audiences. And, you know, my examples were doing the stand-up comedy or I jumped off the stratosphere and I'm scared to death of heights. And it was just, you know, how this impacts you in your life. But then I also had examples of companies and entrepreneurs who, you know, went out and tried new stuff and that's what we know them for, but we don't know that they could have just been stuck in their systems and never tried that at all. And so the, the content was good, but the try new things piece resonated. So the, the, the new title for the same, the same content is try new things, how to overcome the paradox of potential. Love that. Because the paradox, yeah, the paradox of potential is what I was calling the, the keynote and people liked it, but it kind of has a negative connotation because it basically says, hey, you have potential. That's awesome. It means nothing. And so, <laughs> so, uh, so we have a bit of kick in the teeth. Yeah. So we've sort of changed it around. It's like, how do you overcome the paradox of potential? And, and we're building it all around this idea of, of be out there tweaking. Yeah. Love it. So I love it. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming back. This is not the last time we will have you on uh, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. A, because you are the godfather of the show. But B, once you get these YouTube channels up to where you want them, once you've been doing this for more than 11 days uh, and you, yes. you've got these you know, million views a year and uh, they're mailing you Porsches, uh, that's when yep. I want to come back in and, and find out about what you did. So maybe we'll visit you at the end of the year. Love that idea. I mean, you know what? I hope that all happens. But I'm going to keep plugging away. Right. No matter what. Like that's, that really is the key is that this has been a, a real exercise in patience for me. And it's no, it's not where I want it to be yet. 
but it's cool to get a little encouragement along the way. And you know, that's what I, I, I said earlier that I had spent earlier in this year, I went to a class on, on how to tweak your SEO. And I look at, you know, the rankings of my site and they're not huge, but it went from literally no search traffic, like literally zero search traffic, unless somebody searched for the name Tom Singer. That was like the right. only thing you would find me on on search to where now, if you were to search certain terms around master of ceremonies, MC, uh, uh, corporate speaker, and th things like that, I'm actually getting traffic and some of it's converting. And when you look at that little, as you called it, a mountain map, it goes really low. And then you look at March of last year when I started, it goes zoomp, to where I'm getting hundreds and hundreds of hits a month off of search. And again, it, it hasn't been this giant game changer, but it's been tens of thousands of dollars. And that me that's meaningful to me. Yes, yes. So, I think it'd be meaningful to just about everybody, Tom. Well, if I can tweak everything and get, you know, $50,000 here, $30,000 there, like you said, it all adds up and That's suddenly, you, deal. Have, yeah, suddenly yeah. you have the lifestyle you wanted. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I will, of course, as always, be listening to the Solopreneur Hour and uh, everybody else should as well. Uh, Michael, so really quick, uh, solo solohour.com, is that still correct? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So everybody yeah. and go. And I actually just had 799 and 798 of my podcast um, talked a lot about this YouTube tweakery. So if you guys want a little maybe more in-depth, uh, we can do that. Nice. Go back and listen in late December to uh, the, the Solopreneur Hour and you can go deeper as he talks more about his, his YouTube tweaking. Again, Michael, always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we have a show? If you like the show, do all those things that everybody asks you to do. You know, rate it, download it, whatever. But more important, go tell a friend because most of the people who listen to the show tell me they found it because somebody told them it was a good show. Uh, so go and tell a friend about the show. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Michael O'Neill. You're thinking, how will that be possible? Debatable. But, yeah, no, we always figure it out. Uh, but in the meantime, go out there, try new things. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>